0: 97.3 City FM and supported by City TV. T's and C's apply. City 97.3
1: More Variety The City is alive
0: on 97.3
2: Well, it's a great Tuesday evening and you're welcome to 97.3 City FM. You're welcome to the most engaging technology conversation on Ghana Radio. You're welcome to City Trends. My name is Philip Ashon, and City Trends is sponsored by HopTel, helping you collect payments easily, and NiiT, bringing you bringing people and computers together successfully. Now, if you're a business owner, then you are selling to your customers, and You you probably are aware that that particular singular act is one of the most important things you need to keep in mind. Because, hey, if you don't sell to your customers, you don't make money to keep your business running. So if your customer um, has to always come to your store before they can buy from you, then you probably are losing out on a lot of sales. These days, customers want to shop from you and pay without necessarily coming to your store. Well, this is where Hubtel can help you modernize your sales, get your own e-commerce platform from Hubtel so you can sell in your store online and even on mobile. Haptel gives you a free POS software for your store for a free, basically free mobile money short code and also a free web store. So they're giving you three things. They're giving you a free POS software for your store, they are giving you free mobile money shortcode, and they're also giving you free web store. Three things, all in one, provided to you by Hubtel. Sign in at um, www.hubtel.com using the referral code ctfm or you can simply dial star 713 hash so go ahead to the website hoptel.com and use the referral code CITIFM or you can simply dial star 713 hash and get going hoptel helping you grow your business on the show today we have two topics that we'll be discussing first one hiring and managing technology talent or tech talent and um, we'll be having a conversation with yao Odrua martin of niit and we'll also be discussing disrupting the college industry in africa a conversation with bilal Abdullah, and um it's it's going to be an engaging one i do hope you stick and stay and enjoy these captivating chats that we're going to have on the show um it's going to be interesting but you are welcome to join with your comments um, using a number of ways first of all our whatsapp number is 054 986 the number once again is 054 986 996 you can get in touch with us and let us know what your thoughts are you can also reach us on twitter using the hashtag city trends the show is indeed live and interactive has your computer developed a problem you don't understand? Is your phone refusing to respond? Is there a computer virus you're battling with? Are you having problems signing into your account? Share your tech problems with CityTrends and we will get the experts to help you solve them. Send us your problems via WhatsApp number 54 You can also send us a tweet using the hashtag CityTrends.
3: Welcome to the how-to segment on City Trends. This evening, we are looking at three features you should look out for on good camera phones. The first thing you should look out for in your smartphone's camera is the amount of pixels. All of the great smartphones feature between 12 to 21 megapixels. However, most smartphones with the same image sensor and different pixels perform very differently. One thing most good smartphones have is image stabilization. This feature is built into smartphone cameras to minimize the effect shake has on your photos. Without it, any movement you make can be picked up by the camera and spoil your shots. It can also add to the quality of video recorded on your smartphone. The final thing you should look at is the video quality. 4K video is something that most new smartphones are getting. However, look out for 1080p or even 720p when you want to get a less expensive phone.
2: Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 54 998 Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Today's topic is rather interesting because it has to do with employment. It has to do with hiring the right kind of people, managing the right kind of technology talent. And he is in a very unique position because the institution that he he runs basically deals with technology talent and... um, getting the right kind of talent into the industry that we're trying to build and getting them into the sort of um, jobs the right jobs that we are supposed to um, be be in as technology solution providers Um, my guest in the studio is the director of niit ghana yao amwating yao thank you so much for making time to join us on the show thanks philip one of the core things that NiiT does um, is to train talent yeah train people all walks of life really um to use technology that is currently available giving them all sorts of training i want you considering the unique position that you find yourself in terms of being connected with all these all these personalities and all these Mm -hmm. individuals give us give us first of all an idea of the sort of um people that we are producing to fill various holes as it were within The space that we have. Can you can you just paint us a picture?
0: Well, the tech scene is really gotten interesting now. Um, there is a lot of avenues available. I tell people that in a proper tech context or um, work scenario, anybody else with any kind of skill can fit in because there is a role for everybody. There are roles for technology writers, right? There are roles for. Um, journalists who are into tech, somebody like you, right? Um, Someone may not see you to be a tech person, but more of like a journalist. But in the tech scene, we consider you as that because at the end of the day, what you are doing is promoting something in tech. Mm. And so there are a lot of avenues available. We need writers, we need bloggers, we need people who can talk. Uh, I recall I was in a school in Accra and I was saying that, you know, some of you can become tech evangelists and the students were like, Whoa, you know, are we going to be winning souls <laughs> for church or something like that? Because we you know, we think about the word evangelist to be in that context. Exactly. But basically, we need people who can go out there and speak about technology mm-hmm. because they understand it. They may not necessarily be let's say the software engineers. A good number of software engineers are not people that you find really standing on stage and talking and all that. You know, they're a bit passive sometimes. And so um, you need people who can actually go out there and do advocacy work and champion the cause of technology and all that. And so the kind of students we're producing now, to come to your question, is to look at people who are a bit all-rounded, but then also can actually think on their feet and think... In um, a problem solving way, um, the tools people use now are things that um, they acquire along the line. If you speak to a lot of people in the technology um, world or those who are really working at a senior level, you realize that most of the tools they are using now, be it whichever coding language or any platform they are on, are things that they did not really learn in the classroom. There are things that they learn on their own on the side. However, the ability for them to be able to think logically, to be able to think creatively, to be able to look through how to provide solutions mm. is what have really gotten them far. Mm. Because with that, along the line, they can pick up two and drop tools, right? So it's not so much about which programming language you are learning, but it's more to do with how are you looking at solving a problem? What are the creative ways you are seeing it and how do you want to go about it? And over time, you realize that even um, recruiting managers are also changing their style of interviewing, right? So it's not always about, we've given you some code, come and code it, Mm. but then it's becoming more of like giving you real life scenarios and you're working them through logically how you are thinking about the problem and the kind of solution that you would um, um, you, you would put up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the solution may not even be you solving it yourself, because sometimes it could be a team, but the fact that you're able to think about it logically to come to that conclusion becomes mm-hmm. very, very but critical. The
2: talent that you keep getting, who mm-hmm. come in, mm-hmm. you know, on a daily basis, to sign up for this course or the other. What what are the interests, mostly, from that you find?
0: Okay, so um, I wouldn't just limit it to the institution that I represent, which is NIT. Increasingly, it's becoming more like some people are coming in because they want to find jobs, right? However, if you put people in a particular track or program. And we have an entry level within which we're able to see through. Mm-hmm. So it may not be everybody who will make it to the very top. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the day, um, you may have people who are just coming in because they want to they are in a transition. They finish Mm -hmm. secondary school, transitioning to university, Mm -hmm. looking for options, sometimes not even sure what they want to do. Mm -hmm. And so they may come in and take a program or two. Sometimes they are really like fundamental entry-level programs. There are also people who... Maybe thought they had an interest, but come in and realize that, you know, hey, it's different, it's different from what I perceived it to be. You always get some parents coming in and sometimes it's funny when I sit in the front office to observe and some parents come in and it's like, oh, my son for the software, he's finished all of them. Now he wants to look at maybe a programming networking. Then straight away it strikes me because I'm thinking... What do they mean by he's finished (laughs) with all the software, you know? (laughs) And usually when you try to inquire, you realize that they have just done Microsoft Office, you know, like Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and that's all the parents know to be software. And so it is our duty as people within the sector, and that is the reason why I applaud you for what you're doing, is to try and break the ice, to try and delve a little bit more deeper and let the general public understand that when it comes to technology, it's not just about the, just being an end user. Mm. You know, uh, a good number of people in tech are end users because somebody has developed something and you are using it. You are just a consumer. Mm. But we want to grow the sector, the communities to the level where we are actually producing. We are... Developing solutions, you know, we are providing solutions to the day-to-day challenges that we we, we face um, as individuals, as SMEs, as government organizations, and whatnot. And uh, that's the kind of students that we want. All those into training begin to look and consider. What kind of courses do they like? Do they? Do the students like? predominant um well it's we, we we have locations across the country right so it varies it's quite interesting though if we take accra we tend to have students more interested in software engineering which forms a bigger part of our population student body mm-hmm. compared to the other programs that is if you take um accra and tema mm-hmm. but if you take a place like kumasi we tend to have a lot more of students interested in networking and hardware and related programs in that field Mm. compared to software in Accra. And it's a bit about the same in Tamale, likewise like Kumasi. And so it's quite interesting how you have students, a good number of them in Accra who come in and want to either come in and study about data science, Mm. data analytics, or Python programming or full blown software engineering track mm-hmm. and there are differences between being just being a coder or somebody who is a developer and being a real software engineer right. And so that is also something that probably we can go into at another time. That's that's very, very interesting. Well, listeners, you're still tuned in to City Trends on 97.3
2: City FM. We're having a conversation with Yair Martin, who's the director of NIT Ghana. And today we are looking at hiring and managing technology talent. We started off the conversation trying to understand where exactly these technology talents' interests lie in terms of where they would need you know all the education now let's just say that they've gotten this education they Mm -hmm. they they're equipped you know they are getting into job markets they want to grab one job or the other you as an hr person making a decision for your company what are the things you're supposed to look out for when you are hiring technology
0: talent now that's a very interesting a valid point that you've just brought up there um I myself and a few friends in the tech sector tend to scout, you know, um various organizations and what roles they're putting out there in looking for talents to hire. And especially on the tech front. Mm. Sometimes we look at it and you are like you are not going to get any real good talent coming into your organization with the kind of JD job description you've put out there, mm. right? Because um you've got to really understand how the tech sector works. Um, a good number of tech talents, those who are really, really good, mm. in most instances, are not looking for job. Right. You know, uh, because they're either already taking or they are doing something on their own. Mm. So they are not actively looking. Mm. So it's good to put all these job descriptions out there. But if you really want to do it and attract best talent or the right kind of people then you've really also got to know how to couch it and put it out there in the right way mm-hmm. um they are because there are different sectors like i said when it comes to tech software alone there are multiple layers right are you looking for a front end developer are you looking for a back end developer are you looking for a full stack developer and all that you know and the kind of tools or software programming languages you are looking for you want the person to have i've seen some of the job descriptions where a lot of things have just been lumped together Mm. right and you look at it and you're like huh one is going to be hard for you to find Mm. two you may find because you'll find a senior developer who can do all the things you're asking for but you have the ability to pay Mm. you know we have people working remote, right? We are not sitting in a traditional office working from their homes, working from different countries. And are earning on average maybe $8,000 a month, $10,000 a month. You are looking to hire. You've stum- all these talents. You're wanting one person. And probably you are looking to pay, like, maybe, what, 3,000 and between 3,000 and 5,000 CDs. If you are lucky. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you look at it and straight away, you go like, oh, w- wait a second. Um, who are you a- are looking to attract? With all the talents you want mm. and how much you are willing to pay, most of these guys will look at it and just brush it aside because mm. they feel you are not serious. Right. right? And... I must just say, not to frighten each house out there, but I must say that it's increasingly going to get tougher mm. because now you are getting the tech giants looking into Africa. Mm. Microsoft have set up in Nigeria, mm. right? They've set up in Kenya. Mm. Um, Google is in Ghana, right? Um, Amazon is setting up in South Africa. Mm. And all these companies are beginning to look into Africa because, on the average, we have the youngest population. Mm. And we have people who are hungry, who are creative, who want to do things. Now, when these companies begin to come into your t- sector, what is going to happen is that they w- also want the brightest and the most exactly. talented people. Exactly. They are going to sub them in because at the end of the day, they have the money to pay. Now, that is going to be very interesting to see how it happens in Africa and especially in Ghana. Because um, already sometimes I get... Um, companies applying or sending requests to want to hire some people Mm -hmm. and they say look we've looked around we are not finding can you help us to get these talents and so when you have these companies all coming in if you are the hiring manager you should begin to think. What what would
2: be your word of advice to an HR manager or someone who is looking at recruiting a technology talent what should you look out for? How should you even shape the um, job
0: description so that you can get the right person
2: possibly at the right price as well.
0: Yeah, okay. So, I noted down a few things. Mm. Um, so, like I said, a lot of these guys are not looking mm. those who are really senior, who have the skill, who have the expertise, right? But then, uh, so according to um, a survey done, conducted in the US, it said that about 16% of only the guys in tech who are, like, really seriously, actively looking, right? A good part of them are not. Now, those who are not, interestingly, about 75% of these good senior developers are interested in knowing what job opportunities are out there. They are not looking, but they are interested to know what is out there. So, which means that there could be a chance that you could get somebody in, Right. right? So, one is that I said if you're an HR or a hiring manager... You need to understand the role you are looking to fill. If your company says that we want somebody to come into IT, in IT, what role? And if you know the role, it's not just about the title. You really need to understand the role you are looking to fill. Because that is what will really help you to couch the job description and be able to begin to engage people. Because... These guys come in and they go through the interview and they feel like you don't really know what you want or what you are talking about. It puts them off, mm. right? And so you need to understand that. Secondly, you need to understand the talent you are considering to hire. These tech people, who are they? How do they behave? How do they think? What get them to think, right? You you need to understand the guys in tech and... Um, who they are, how do they look like? <laughs> you know, it's very important. Yeah. Somebody may come for an interview having dreadlocks and you might write them off. You may write them off. Yeah. It may just put you off and say that, oh, I can't w- have such a person walking in the corridors of my organization. But perhaps that may be the best, right? right? So you really need to understand and be open minded about some of these things. Then also, you need to understand what the tech talents like. What they like. And again, according to this study, um, it says that the top on the agenda is salary and bonuses.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Why doesn't that surprise me? Why doesn't that surprise
0: me? Salary and bonuses is very crucial to them. And most importantly also, ability to be able to work from remote. Mm. You know, they. not to like to the traditional come to office nine to five and all of that right and so increasingly organizations may begin to reform and may get there but again i must admit that it also depends on which sector you are in if it's a purely tech company that is different but if it's um, a corporate that is doing something else but has technology as a backbone then the structure may be different. And so it's also important that these things are communicated and made known to the candidate that is going to, you know, to be hired. Then the HR manager or the hiring manager, you need to be able to know how to speak tech, technology language. All right. Don't just say I'm the HR guy and so... Whatever you are saying is because you have been told, but you don't even understand it, Mm. right? That may put the possible candidate off because they feel like, you know, they just brought somebody else, like they don't even take me serious. So you can, the HR manager, you can try to understand that. Or sometimes also best cases you can bring in some of your existing tech guys to be the ones to do the interviewing. And a lot of tech companies do this. When they manage to scout for a talent they schedule a meeting they get their tech existing tech talents to rather conduct the interview and give them a feedback now that is important because the candidate you are looking to hire get an idea of the kind of people you have in there Mm. because they are going to be part of the team Mm. right so they get to see whether they themselves like the job they are doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) are they fun people to be with right and it's in our part of the world that
2: working with anyway
0: for a good number of time we tend to think hiring somebody we are doing the person a favor mm. and this is going to change very quickly mm. because at the end of the day you need that talent and that talent also needs you so Symbolic it's yes so at the end of the day during that's why during interviewing you also give the candidate an opportunity to ask questions because they need to also be sure just like you are evaluating them to see whether they are the right fit for your organization They also need to be sure whether you are the right fit organization for them to work in and for them to also develop their talent. Mm. A lot of people
2: don't like to hear that part.
0: But it's it's what it is, right? Why would you want to work in an organization where you wake up in the morning and you're not happy, you don't want to go to work? At the end of the day, if it's the leading creative person, trust me, your organization is going to lack a lot on creativity, because his mind is already gone he's thinking about something else he's the person he or she is not happy right so it's very very important that you learn to speak tech and then also tech talents like challenges they like challenges so as part of the interviewing process you could put in a challenge it may not necessarily be for them to code but give them something that tests their creativity skills that takes the ability to think right and you see them immediately jumping on because that's how they are they always like things that challenges them things that get them that those are the things that get them excited right um Travel linus the guy who developed the linus operating system says that technology people don't code just because they want to code those in software uh, engineering or into coding but they do it because they like it they do it because it's fun for them You may sit back and see the guy box in for morning, and you feel it's so boring. But for them, that is the exciting part of the whole thing, right? For them to be able to crack something and come up with the solution. So you can test that, their creativity, and give them something to test their curiosity. If you have the means, you can also organize your own talent, technology talent event. And that, you're able to get the community to come in. You're able to get a pool of talent applying to participate in this you know, um, talent shoes. And with that, you're able to build um, a base for you to be able to hire from. Hmm. Interesting. And I must also say that it's also important, and I see some companies doing this very well, to use structured employee referral systems, okay. right? And here I put emphasis on structured because just telling the employees that, oh, we are looking for a person to occupy vacancy A, B, C, and D, so can you recommend somebody? most cases doesn't cut it they have heard it they say okay yeah we'll find but they may not do it but if it is structured where employees get rewarded if their referred candidate get hired they want to bring in friends and people they know and that also means that if already they're also happy working there because if i'm not happy here why would i want a friend of mine to come in you know and H. L. hiring managers should get involved in, there's a lot of technology communities in Ghana now. Mm. Get to know somebody who is into these things and align yourself with them. They help you in identifying the talents that you are looking for.
2: So let me just run through it quickly. Um, structured employee system the yeah. rewards. Yeah, referrals. Um, referrals. Try organizing your tech events. Get the community involved. Um, challenge them. Yes. Challenge the talent. Um, speak tech yes you know, very important you're also a little more comfortable um, in terms of the interactions consider the talent as well yes who they are what, they are, what their interests are um, and then salaries was one of the biggest ones that you mentioned and then the role that they're supposed to fill yes these are some of the things that HR managers and hiring officers are supposed to take note when they are bringing in technology talent okay so we've done the hard work sort of going through all of this, we've gotten the talent. Managing technology talent is not easy at all. At all. They are a handful. Yep. And I know that. Demanding for increased RAM here, demanding for a brand new display here. How do you manage tech talent efficiently um, so that you stay within, you
0: know, your budget (laughs) and, and stay alive as a company? I get have when i speak with like ceos directors of some organizations and all that they tend to think that the it guys or the it department is a problem because it's like every time they need something every new. time they need something new they let us they spend too much it's also sometimes partly because you don't really have somebody who understand them in that sector managing it mm. right Because I, in my office, sometimes get demands. But because I have a background in tech, right, before I assume my current role, I was, I mean, a hardcore software engineer, right? And so some of the things come up and I understand the language and I walk or I talk them through it. Okay, we've considered this option. For now, do we really need this? Why can't we start with this as a base? At a point where we really need this, then we would have build capacity to bring that in. You know, Because otherwise, the thing is that everybody wants the best tool and the best environment within which to work. And sometimes some of the people in tech are hardcore techies who are not necessarily business people. Mm. So they may not be interested or they may not know about what your bottom lines are. They are just saying that, look, you want us to deliver A, B, C, and D. These are the tools that will help us be able to do that. Because the company is not going to be discussing bottom line and what our profit margins are with them, right? So they see the company to be doing well, and you want us to go to the next mile. So provide us with this. And so if you have somebody who actually is from that fold and understands, the person is able to help to cut down some of the budget Mm -hmm. because they know he's one of us, and they have trust Within their circles. And so if the communication is coming from somebody who they know have their back, they're able to understand. And the truth of it is that tech talents move jobs in about almost every two years.
2: <laughs> That's not very reassuring.
0: <laughs> you know, and so how to manage and retain them mm. is critical. Mm. How do you keep the excitement levels al- alive? Mm. Say that they came in after one year, they're already bored. They are looking at the next exciting thing out there, right? right? Mm. So bringing in challenging projects, letting them lead on some projects and don't just think that they are the techies. So it's always the business development office that have to come up with something and the tech guys have to go in and do it. Right. What other initiatives are there that can they come up with? And sometimes you'll be amazed as to the type of things they will come up with, Mm. right? Of course, the solutions they bring must make sense within the context you're operating in. Not that we are in Ghana and you want to do something that is in the next world, (laughs) you know. It may be good. It may be very innovative, very creative. But within the context, context, yes. is the reason why, for example, if you take USSD, the short codes, it's still ranking in Ghana. Uh, probably in most African countries, yeah. right? Smartphone app is all good, but USSD is still raining because still at the end okay. of the day, within the sector we are operating in, that is the most efficient way. Of exactly, you know. And so you need the yeah. lead to be somebody who really understands and can manage these talents. So it's not just anybody who becomes the IT manager or the head of IT or whatever you. Two, you need to keep keep their interests alive right so really find out what gets them excited and how can we offer that to keep them going the work environment is very important It's the reason why if you take most of these big tech companies around the world you tend to see it to be very casual the guy wants to walk out from his bedroom and bring you the solution right like i said it depends on which sector again so We may not probably be expecting somebody working in, maybe in Ghana, the popular place may be in the bank to be coming in in the shorts and all of that, right? But it's something that you can look at. Now, I'm seeing a lot of the banks even having very casual outlook. You walk in and they are wearing just a T-shirt and a jeans and I've well, seen it. If you're even, actually in a bank, or
2: you're yeah, in a movie.
0: Yeah, you know. So some of these things, like I said previously, we saw it to be far off. But gradually, all these things are coming in here. So the earlier we get our hiring managers and those leading the various organizations and unit beginning to rethink, mm-hmm. the better it is because it will help you to be able to attract the right talent. Mm-hmm. And um, lastly, I would say that the kind of associations they have within the workplace. That's why it's important that you involve your best talent in the hiring process. Because when the guy comes, if he's a junior developer, most of the time, junior developers, what their interest really is, is the ability to grow. Somebody to offer the mentorship, right? And the working environment, the kind of culture that exists there. So if he's a junior developer and comes in and does not get a right mentor, this person is going to look for the next opportunity and jump out. Because I'm a junior. I'm looking to grow and to get to the highest level. But I need somebody in there who can guide, coach. you hitting a glass ceiling. Exactly. We'll find another you center. know, and don't say that I'm doing them a favor because, trust me, there are a lot of opportunities out there now that people are going to continue hopping. Hands are tight. <laughs> HR managers,
2: as you can clearly hear, your hands are tied, really. Yeah. But wrapping up, and it does sound like they don't have a choice, really. Pay them or they'll find some other place to go. Yeah. But there has to be a space for being able to keep talent
0: yeah.
2: within budget who are still enjoying the
0: work. Yeah.
2: And from what you said, it looks like keeping them you know, interested, keeping them competitive, giving them challenges, that seems to be the one and only way to keep top-quality technology talent Still interested in, yep. you know, pushing the work. And
0: giving them opportunities to lead, <laughs> you know, giving them opportunities to lead on certain projects, mm. lead on certain, certain innovation and things like that. That is really important because they are all seeking to grow, right. right? And I will also urge companies, you may not find all the things you are looking for in a candidate, especially if you are looking at also your budget, Sometimes there may be a particular project or hiring you are looking to do. And all the skills you require, if you are going for a top-notch senior consultant, will break your budget. Mm. But sometimes you may get two or three junior developers who may not be asking for so much. Mm. But at the end of the day, disintegrating the, the task, the job, breaking it up for them to be able to handle. At the end of the day, instead of going for one, that will break your budget. You may have three. That do not even come up to the budget of the one mm. who may be able to equally do the job. But it's about you being able to identify that and giving them the opportunity for them to grow. Interesting. Interesting. Well, any final words before you take leave of us here? I would like to say that um, the technology landscape in the country and especially on the African continent, it's fast developing and it is also changing at a very fast pace. And it's important that we all become aware of this and begin to put in the necessary structures within our various organizations to be able to attract and also maintain the talents that we're able to bring in. If talents are leaving, let us not see that we gave them an opportunity and therefore, um, you know, they are leaving and we feel demotivated. And because of that, we don't want to give people opportunities. When people get the opportunities, and they are excited about it. In a lot of instances, they may still, even when they move on, they still maintain relationship and even make referrals to you of good talents that will become beneficial to your organization. And therefore, I also urge companies not to cease hiring especially if you are looking into hiring junior developers and all of that you can have a few senior developers in there but keep hiring and keep giving the opportunities because when you get into that ecosystem that's what gives you the advantage where you can always go back and hire the talent that you need because you have a relationship with those communities
2: relationship creating a viable working environment remuneration obviously these are just a few things that Yau Amartin has shared with us in terms of managing and hiring technology talent. If you uh... Share your thoughts and opinions on the show via the WhatsApp number 054 Tweet at us using hashtag CityTrend. Ah. Wow! Wow! Lots and lots to pick up there from that conversation. We're going to jump straight into your tech, and um, Mr. Entry is here with us. Mr. Entry, so what what do you have for us this week? What yeah. issues came to your desk? Okay, so this week we had an issue, and this has to do with a Mac. So Bernard from Adenta sent a challenge is having with his Mac. So let's hear it right away.
4: Hello, my name is Bernard from Medina. I use a MacBook Pro mid 2010 and when I switch it on, it takes like 10 minutes before it boots up. Um, Please, is there any way I can increase the boot up time and any way I can make the machine run faster? Thank you.
2: Yeah, So that's Benar's challenge. So his his Mac actually takes like 10 minutes to boot, which is not very normal. It is not normal. (laughs) It's not very nice. So, we we go to our expert and let's see our expert now.
4: Bernard, to reduce the boot time on your MacBook Pro, these are a few tips that I believe will help greatly. Number one, you have to free space on your hard disk drive. Your hard disk drive or your storage unit, your main storage unit, should at least have 30% of the space free. So, back some of the things up and delete them from your computer. Two, use the disk utility application on your computer to repair file permissions. When you do that, it allows the computer to find some of the files faster and hence speed up your boot time. Clean up your desktop. If your desktop has too many files and folders, it also slows down Your boot time because all those folders and files need to load into your RAM when the computer is working. If you have this particular app called MacKeeper, MacKeeper is supposed to help speed up your computer by taking care of some housekeeping tasks. Unfortunately, for most users, it rather does the opposite. So if you have it installed, I'll recommend you uninstall it. Another thing that you can do is to reduce the login items. The login items are the applications that start up once you hit the power button on your computer. To be able to locate your login items or startup applications, go to your user settings under preferences and you'll find your login items. I hope this helps all the best. Yes. Wow.
2: Yeah, so that's it, that's it for Bernard. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple of, uh, of options and definitely one or two will work mm-hmm. for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can reach me on Twitter at o i m g Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, the show is City Trends, of course, and today we... Um, I'm privileged to have the Chief Operating Officer for West Africa for Kobo 360, Bilal Abdullah in the studio. Abdullah in the studio. He is, um, um, like I said, the Chief Operating Officer for West Africa of Kobo 360. I attended a secondary school um, somewhere in Kaduna in Nigeria. And um, basically, it's been up up and up from there. You know, he has been involved, um, you know, with Uber, of course, West Africa. He's been involved in a number of other things, but, Lately, he's decided to turn his attention to building something of his own, building something that um, will hopefully solve one of the biggest challenges when it comes to transportation of goods and services on the continent. And um, Bilal joins us in the studio right about now. I'm um, honestly, Bilal, thank you so much for
1: joining us. I'm um, so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Nice
2: one, like... nice one. Now, um, tell us a bit about yourself, your background. um sure. And um, why you left Uba West Africa?
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as, as you know, you mentioned, I uh, grew up in Kaduna, Nigeria, went to high school there. I went to University of New York, uh, Columbia University, studied civil engineering and physics, actually. Right, right. Uh, but I've never actually done a day of <laughs> <laughs> any of that. Uh, I, uh, I jumped into finance right after school, Morgan Stanley uh, on Wall Street. I uh, did that for a year. Joined GE in Houston Oil & Gas, did that also for another year, mm. <laughs> and then came back home to Nigeria. Mm. So when I got home, I uh, obviously got the job with Uber, and it was a pretty, pretty awesome opportunity, to be honest. Um, did that for a while. Um, felt like I was, I, I, I reached to the point where I was not really contributing as much to the mm. company. Mm. So I figured I would just go out on my own. Mm. Um, did that also for another year, and eventually met with Obi and Ife the co-founders of Cobo 360 mm. uh, they contacted me and I thought it was a great idea. Mm. Like it's something that it's, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. What I, what's, what's, was the attraction for me? Mm. for me? For me, obviously, right? I, I, I love tech. You know, like that's, mm. That has been uh, a calling for me. But at the same time, I feel like it's a space that hasn't uh, been dealt into in mm. Africa. It's mm. such a huge industry, holiday, mm. the whole industry in, in, in Africa as a whole. Um, and there's so many points that aren't as visible that this company is trying to bring out of the dark, right? right? Uh, so I think that appeal to me, and I feel like it's something that I really wanted to do. Mm. So I, you know, I the interview lasted 30 minutes, to be honest, and <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I took a leap of faith, and mm. it's been good so far. Nice, so far, nice. I, I
2: mean, um, I'm, 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 I'm taking my mind back to your time at uber west africa and i'm thinking was that one of the main things that attracted you for mm-hmm. example to this particular job offering
1: yeah definitely like showing how much of an impact a company like uber had um in nigeria and in west africa mm. as a whole was uh it was uh <laughs> it was it was uh an awesome experience like day to day how much we changed lives like mm. uh, there were stories of people that came back from america england had like PhDs mm. that couldn't find a job, mm. and they just found like they had a car, obviously, and they came into our offices, and you know, we changed their it's lives. It. So uh, being able to transform someone's life like that, mm. I think seeing that impact from a tech perspective, um, and from a, I mean, foreign company coming into your own country to do that, it was a pretty huge, huge impact. And yeah, to answer your question, it was definitely like. Uh, motivational for me to jump into something similar mm. uh, in Kobo and we are hoping to replicate something as successful as Uber mm. um, across uh, the continent, hopefully across the world eventually. That's interesting. Yeah.
2: That's interesting. But tell us about what you perceive to be the the situation regarding the haulage industry in mm-hmm. Africa. I mean, because obviously there are things that attracted you know the Kobo team mm-hmm. to setting up this company. I mean, tell us what the trends
1: are. Definitely. So, um, I think to be honest, pre-COBO, there's been a lot of issues in terms of visibility mm. from a haulage perspective. Mm. As a cargo owner, um, I'm just go out on the street, find an agent, and get a truck. Okay. Right? That truck comes to my warehouse, loads, and moves. Normally, like it takes, it should take about, on average, across from Lagos to Kano, those cities in in, in Nigeria. Mm. Um, it normally takes about four days, roughly at the most. For a truck to move, mm. but it sometimes takes four weeks, three mm. weeks. Mm. Uh, customer has literally no other way to know where the truck is, mm. or like why it's taking so long for the truck owner to 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 get his truck to the destination. Right, mm. the driver has just stopped somewhere and decides just not to move. Right. right, so it was a big, big issue for cargo owners, and we saw that problem. Mm. Um, and we figured, okay, this is something we can provide with a tech solution, right? Mm. Being able to track your trucks, being able to see exactly where they were, who the driver is, who the owner of the car is. Um, So that's the piece from the cargo owner side, right? From the truck owner's perspective, a lot of them are disconnected from the cargo owners themselves. Mm. So this is something that we also saw as a potential uh, problem that we could solve. It's basically being able to introduce a lot of these truck owners that maybe have one, two, three cars, uh, trucks, um with actually the cargo owners themselves so being that link between um the truck owners and having business Mm. so that's where we come in right we go to the cargo owners as professionals as people with like a lot of experience in the tech industry Mm. and and also building the uh experience in the transport industry as well um and selling them on that platform and then also taking that to the truck owners and providing them a business one of
2: the things i find interesting is i mean how how have they been like the haulage industry, how has it been surviving all this while before? Because I'm thinking that yeah. other people have wanted to th- to come up with ideas about how to make, mm-hmm. you know, things easier in terms of transportation. Mm-hmm.
1: How have they been surviving all this while? So the big players uh, across West Africa, as I've seen so far, a lot of them actually take a hit when it comes to logistics. Really? They choose that, okay, I'm going to buy... A number of trucks mm. and just run because I need to move my goods right. so I'll choose to spend that much money mm. and you know just it's, it's not gonna be as efficient for me but at least my, my goods are gonna mm-hmm. get to where they need to yeah. be um, so a lot of them have decided to own trucks which is has been a, lot, a big headache for them yeah. actually right can imagine. Um, so that has been kind of the the way it's been running so far mm. um, and for the truck owners themselves um, they can take whatever they get So all of them that have trucks that are just sitting down, they just decide to take whatever cargo they can get and Mm. move. Mm. Sometimes it might not be um, at the price that they actually deserve to to get paid, but it's better just rather than just sitting down doing nothing. Right, right? rather just take something and take a loss and move. So those are the things that actually we've seen, and we're trying to like balance out the market, Mm. right, by providing all these solutions that we're. I
2: mean, with with all these uncertainties in the market, like -hmm. I'm just wondering how, like. How it's, it's difficult for me to reconcile how mm-hmm. you, there are so many things that can go wrong. Mm-hmm. There are so many things. You can't track anything, Definitely. like almost nothing. Definitely. If the driver drives into some ditch someplace, yeah. most likely you never find out about it <laughs> until two weeks or three weeks later. Yeah. Like there's so many uncertainties, yeah. you know, within the industry. And I'm just wondering from, from a tech company's point of view, mm-hmm. like how you take that bold step to even get into mm-hmm. such a world of uncertainties, mm-hmm. like, knowing full well like anything can go wrong at
1: any time. Definitely. So I mean, first off, like without taking a big risk that you can't get that big reward, right? From mm. our perspective. So I think that's one thing that we we are really strong at in terms of belief at Kobo, where mm. we're we're stakers. Right. Like we're here to like disrupt the market as you've said, mm. right? Um, yeah, there are definitely a lot of risks, but there are also a lot of mitigations that we've put in place. Right. So, for example, you mentioned someone that might just disappear with cargo. To be honest, we haven't seen that many cases. We we, we have seen a few, um, but that's why we get GIT insurance, goods in transit insurance. We make sure that we're fully covered in terms mm. of your cargo, so you don't have to worry once you provide your cargo to Kobo. Mm. It's fully secured, um, mm. fully um, insured. If anything was to happen, you're covered. Mm. Uh, we're covered as well. Mm. Um, and then in, on the flip side, for the truck owners and the truck drivers, we made sure they, they get enough business to be motivated and incentivized mm. not to do so. Right. So that's why we like, it's a big benefit for them to be on the platform to get as much business as possible. As soon as you deliver a cargo, you're getting another request coming in. Mm. We're pushing more, more business to you. So really, you wouldn't, you wouldn't ideally want to do that. But you're right, like in some cases, we have seen some people that don't see that long term benefit and they've decided to do this so once one-offs happen like that we make sure that we're covered in terms of insurance and then that doesn't happen in addition to that the tracking system right yes it's a physical tracker that a driver can eventually you know decide to take off off, right (laughs) um but it is a solution that we're trying to implement eventually hopefully once we get better tech we'll improve that system as well Mm,
2: mm. i mean but speaking on a more general Mm -hmm. sort of um, in more general terms like I can imagine a number of business owners mm. or young technology entrepreneurs or young entrepreneurs generally mm. who are looking into entering various like uh, markets mm. and various industries. I want you probably to speak to them as well um what it takes to make that leap of to take that leap of faith yeah. into an
1: industry like that well to be honest like I feel like if you've identified a problem and you think you can solve it, why not you mm. know like just 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 go ahead and and solve the problem, and if you do that, you're gonna get customers, right? Mm. It, it's 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 a no-brainer. If you see, you identify one problem, as we've identified in the haulage industry, is the biggest problem visibility, right? Lack of access to proper uh, uh, trucks to move your goods. If you see that problem and you believe that you can provide a solution, w- whether it's tech or uh, in sports or whatever it is, I feel like you can take the leap and decide to go for it mm. and you're gonna get a lot of backing. Mm. It's Africa. Like mm. it's a very, very virgin market mm. when it comes to uh tech mm. specifically. Mm. I feel like there's a lot a lot more we could do to 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 channel into all these big industries as Kobo has done for mm. the for the holidays. Regardless of the leg, uncertainty regardless of the uncertainty, I feel like you can just take the leap. Right. And yeah. then, you know, also like you can fail fast like don't don't be scared to fail Mm. you know like in the beginning we weren't doing as many trips as we thought we would right right but it's something that we tried a lot of products didn't really scale and we we failed fast Mm. and we figured it wasn't going to work so Mm. move to something else right but just keep going and you're going to get the backing Mm -hmm. i believe in africa
2: interesting interesting Mm -hmm. Um, the haulage industry is centered a lot on trust and people need to trust Mm -hmm. the system that they are going to um put a lot of their money into because uh-huh. it's a lot of goods that you're talking about yeah. moving from one place to another. Mm-hmm. Like, How do you build a trust? Mm-hmm. First of all, from a general point of view, and then specifically on how Kobo goes mm-hmm. about it.
1: I think in terms of building trust, reliability has to be very key. Mm. That's one thing. And the quality of the product. Mm. So in terms of reliability, it's if I'm a cargo owner and I have 10 containers to move from the ports in uh, Tema mm. to uh, Kumasi. Mm. And I, the customer is asking for this to happen in two, three days, mm. right? Who should I contact? Right. If I know that Copo is going to be able to provide me with these mile mm. trucks in this given time, mm. like why won't I use Copo? Right. You know, so I think the first thing there is the reliability mm. and also the professionalism that we provide. So rather than just going out on the streets to find one truck, two trucks, or just use an agent, I'd, I'd rather just log onto my phone, and put in my request, it. and yeah. then the truck comes in and but picks the, up the goods.
2: It must be reliable. I must exactly. know that no matter what happens, this software or this platform I've chosen will be able to deliver as has been promised.
1: Exactly. The the, the, the same mindset that Uber had, right? Mm. In terms of just, okay, I can just go out on the streets and get a taxi and just wave a taxi. But yeah. I know if I use Uber, there's that... Certain uh, security that I get mm. in terms of I'm gonna get uh, a good car that has AC that is mm. comfortable mm. that I'll be able to send to my friends that will know my location. Mm. You know, so having that security around um, your goods also is, is, is also is also the same mentality that we're trying to provide mm. for uh, this cargo owners. Mm. So I think to answer your question, reliability is very very key there. Mm. Mm. And the second thing I would add to that is again the quality of the product. So if I'm able to like just log on to the GoPro platform and it's very easy to use, very easy to understand, I would want to come back and use it again. Mm. Um, if I don't have to like call anyone, I can easily just learn how to use it on my own or just maybe watch a video. Um, I would use it multiple times. you know. Mm. So that's also something that we're working really hard to provide to our customers, both the truck owners and uh, the cargo owners, right. is a simple solution. Uh, as you know, we just launched our new app recently. And it has that upgraded uh, feel to it right. so easy access easy to use um and then obviously the reliability that we're providing mm. so, mm. so yeah. i mean
2: and and listeners, this is city trends on 97.3 CTF, and we're having a conversation with the CEO of um kobo three sixty um it's basically a haulage app haulage business um trying to solve the haulage um sector's headaches using technology and um They've built a platform that is pretty interesting and I think you should check it out as as well. Now, okay. now, one of the things with most businesses, especially when you're growing, is exactly that. How do you maintain the same level of competency in different countries? How do you maintain the same level of quality in different countries? Mm-hmm. Because you are always going to get different people from Mm -hmm. different backgrounds with different experiences coming on board to help you build your business how do you as a business maintain that level of quality Mm -hmm. in all these different countries
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so um i guess to step back a bit we have launched togo uh we're about to launch obviously we've launched ghana Nice. Uh, right, launch Ivy Coast, Burkina Faso, hopefully in this quarter. A lot of, um, a lot of different French, yes. English, and all of that. <laughs> French, English, tree, Hausa. Yeah, you know, like it's, it's 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 a lot of different languages. Mm. So if you look at the one end, yes, cargo owners for the most part are either French or English. Mm. But then once you look at the truck owners, there's pigeon, there's yeah. tree, there's Ga, <laughs> there's Hausa. So much because there's so many different things yes, playing yes, at the yes. same time. But again, that's why. Having being able to uh, build a good tech platform is important, right? Mm. And tech provides it with provides us with an easy solution. Mm. You can just go in there and code in a different language. Mm. Just change the language mm. and mm. make it from uh, turn it from uh, English to French or English to Hausa. As long as you get the right people to do that, of course, you're secured, right? Mm. But in addition to that, I think operations on ground is something that behind the scenes happens and has to be very stellar yeah. for this to be able to scale properly right, right. so um, the way we launch is once we enter the market obviously we hire a local uh, talent yeah. there so that's very very important being able to find the right people that will be able to chime into the same uh, mindset that you already have, mm. or you're trying to build, mm. have that squad mentality, that's what we say right. uh, in the company, being able to be a hustler, being mm. able to like, even if you don't really have that much experience in the college or tech industry, right. but having that passion to grow a business, I think that is something that is very, very important to have. Mm. So having that local content in every country that you go is really, really helpful, right. The, the, the right local content to help you build a business out. Mm. That I think has been probably the most important piece for us so far. The tech, definitely. Um, but I mean, that do, that happens at the HQ in Lagos. But getting in with the local content, being able to form uh, relationships with business owners, uh, truck owners, uh, even the government, mm. right? You have to be able to uh, have that business etiquette mm. to be able to grow that. So I think that is, has been really helpful mm. um, for launching the con- uh, the company across different countries, different cultures, mm. different uh, languages. So, mm. but yeah.
2: So I mean, let's 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 finish off with Kobo 360 sure. actually, and um, launching in all these countries. Mm. Tell us what's what the what the dream is.
1: So to be honest, the dream is for you to be able to you know request a truck coming out of let's say like Lagos and it's able to deliver to Kenya. You know, like just go Pan African, mm. like go all the way across, mm. like a global logistics system. That's that's the that's the goal, right? right? Um, starting with West Africa, we've launched in uh, Kenya and we're expanding across, down uh, the eastern eastern coast mm. but also in South Africa as well right. and hopefully in Egypt by right. the end of the year right. so you can see we're trying to launch Pan-Africa first right. and eventually move across to other countries other continents oh. excuse me that's wild um, and yeah be global so that's 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 the uh, the oh. dream and the goal mm. and I think it's definitely a huge task mm. uh, there the are very few companies that have done that especially in Africa Yeah, you know um, but that's the goal. We're like a fully 100% African country. Like all our staff members staff members are African. Mm. And we're trying to prove that it's it's, it's it's capable for an African, fully African company to do that, mm. to be able to move from here to there. The opposite of what, what Uber Taxify does, you know, right. coming into our country, coming right. into our continent right. um, and doing that here. You know, so that's, that's, that's what we're trying to do, export talent from here to there mm. as well. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, all the best, Bilal. And I don't know if you have any final words for for, for my listeners before you go.
1: I mean, you know, like, for all those guys listening out there, uh, if you're interested in Kobo, uh, check our website out, kobo360.com. Also, you can download the app on the Android uh, 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 Google Play Store. Mm. Uh, When is iOS? We're hopefully trying to launch the iOS uh, soon. But we noticed, actually, that a lot of the people that are in the industry uh, for the most part, the uh use the Android, Android first, but course. then we're we're working on the iOS, and mm-hmm. it's hopefully going to come out so, as soon as possible. Brilliant. So everyone's going to be able to have access. Brilliant, to it soon. brilliant. Well, <laughs> we look forward to that, and all the best as well Thank to you. yourself and the team. Thank you so much.
2: Brilliant. Me. Well, listeners, I've been speaking to Bilal Abdallah, um, Chief Operating Officer for um, Kobo 360 um, West Africa. He and his team obviously have been have put together this you know haulage solution. Um, for Africa and for the world, and the best thing and the only thing we can do is support and make sure we push them um, as far as possible, um, as as far as we can dream. Basically, it's 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 such an interesting um, application. I've had a had a chance to interact with it um, at the launch and of course uh, in house with the team. And it's something that you should try out if you have any need for haulage or for. move goods basically from one place to another this is an application you should try out you can sit in your office and then just you know monitor where your goods are going without having to sweat too much or worry too much about where exactly it is it's a brilliant um, application and thank you so much to the team um the show continues on 97.3 city fm this is city trends and Well, that, that is all time will allow us on today's show. A big thank you to all of you for doing the listening to your questions, which we can't come to officially because of the time. But then thank you so much to Bilal, of course, and to Yao as well for joining me on the show with your comments and your thoughts and all the experiences that you had to share. For those of you who want to catch the show once again, the show will be available as a podcast tomorrow. So please make sure you find a podcast and you take a second listen to all of this great advice and all this great wisdom that my guest shared on the show. My name is Philip the A big thank you to the rest of the production team, um, to Theo, um, who's in studio production, to um, Mr. Inchi, of course, to Mr. Opoku as well, our tech um, expert, to farida and of course to jeffrey a big thank you to all of you for making the show possible like i said the show will be available as a podcast tomorrow so make sure you find it and take a second listen my name is philip ashawn once again till next week do stay techie